0: Sitting here with you is making me realize how much I miss like hanging out with you guys. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, remember yeah. how like you s- like we used to get together like our families, like, mm-hmm. and your babies would cuddle my babies. Yeah, and we'd eat together. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and Jack's walking around and playing in forts and stuff. And it's 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 <laughs> been it's been a tough it's been a tough go. <laughs> or even 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 porch beers, right? Porch yeah, beers like that's a funny i'm looking forward to porch beers oh boy yeah i mean we we managed to do that we managed to yeah por- por- sidewalk beers happen that uh, uh, you know pandemics can't stop socially distanced beverages
0: i mean in the winter when we're in the gray zone for three and a half months yes Ugh. there are no porch beers yeah, it sucked. <laughs> but the weather is getting nice and it's supposed to warm up this week i think so mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. yeah let's do porch beers i'll bring the beer porch beers. i like it
1: this conversation has been long in the making. So long we have we have had the discussion about the conversation we wanted to have probably over the course of a year and a half, we've been having this discussion ever since the podcast, <laughs> ever since I started. Kind of thing. Absolutely.
0: I mean, it's two years ago that uh, we were a, a project with
1: your class. That's- that's that's right too well hold on let's not get it too far into that okay let me get you to introduce yourself real quick so the listeners know who we're
0: talking to hey audience of can't sell this
2: you're listening to can't sell this a podcast about creativity creatives and their process with your hosts hugh elliott and stefan (laughs) grandbard
0: I'm Sarah Beth Holden, co-owner of Red Tape Brewery. I'm also an author of Please Don't Change My Diaper, a super fun illustrated children's book. Which is probably
1: going to be a follow-up episode <laughs> where, when, you, when you're, you're planning your second book, right? That'll be the next... Is this next...
0: going to be the longest episode of Can't Sell This? No, we. I, I
1: did a nearly two-hour episode with, um, with an artist and it... It was just, it just turned into one of those like long ranging conversations. This will not be that long. Okay. I'll nip it in the bud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, stop talking, Sarah. Beck. There's untapped
1: potential for this conversation. Oh my God. Okay, I'm going to try to stop. Sean is the king of your your husband and, and partner in, in, in red tape, is, is the. Um, the king of dad jokes. So I can never if he was on this, it would just be dad joke central. It would be but I'm, I'm good. I'm a contender for for dad joke, <laughs> guy number two. So anyways, as as you said in the lead up, we talked about you were talking about this exact thing opening a brewery two years ago. And it, I mean, the discussion likely within your family group was even longer than that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, two years ago, we were discussing it with you. So it was definitely longer that Sean and I were talking about this and kind of mulling it over. And we had brought the idea up with you. And at Mm -hmm. the time, you were teaching a class. That's right. And you asked us if we would want to be the subject of the class where the students could propose, (laughs) you know, um, websites or other branding materials to launch it. Yeah, And so I said, sure, I'm happy to do that. And uh, so I met with your class, these 17 students who proposed 17 different projects and we actually ended up hiring one.
1: Yeah, that is very, very cool. I I think it's a testament to my teaching.
0: 100%. (laughs)
1: It's not true, it's not true. This, that same class had like they, if any of them are listeners, I totally forgive you for this, but they totally complained. They complained because the original client for that for that class bailed, and mm-hmm. they bailed in a spectacular way. But I was the one getting blamed for it. And and what I said to the the guy who runs the course, hey, by the way, I could get a brewery involved in this. Do you think the students would like that? And you wouldn't believe how fast it all came together from the second I opened my mouth to approaching you two. And I was so happy you said yes. Like it was just one of those like serendipitous things. And to know that you hired um, the student that that you really liked their work, like it, it was so gratifying to see it come together that way
0: it was amazing i mean we had so many proposals and i think one of the interesting things is you know as an entrepreneur often you're working on this on this path and mm-hmm. as a small business as a startup there isn't a lot of opportunity to get other perspectives and you know proposals and things like yeah. that and it's kind of tough to 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 seek it out um so it was a really great opportunity and all these young minds coming up with some really brilliant things. Mm-hmm. And then also seeing how they find synergy. So the student that we hired, he brought on another student from the class who we also liked his work. It just happened that we loved this other guy's work. And so they You're worked welcome together. to name him, by the way. It wouldn't hurt him <laughs> so, for his business um, to be named. <laughs> <laughs> so we hired Manar Salmon. He's our graphic designer. Um, he is the brilliant mind behind our website and the little boat that appears on all of our cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he designs our cans for us. And he works with our bespoke clients to create some beautiful labels in the case that a bespoke client wants to create a custom label. And so he um, he and Alex work together on our website and they, I think Alex is the technical guy right. and Minar is the design guy.
1: Amazing, amazing. They're gonna build an entire agency out of you and and Sean and Red Tape starting them off. You'll be the springboard to a international agency of design and branding. Maybe
0: in the future. I just want Menard to focus on our business right just now. Just focus on have, us. I had <laughs> Menard come in a couple of weeks ago and help me on the canning line. Right. Which oh, you've that's done great. before. And which I have
1: done. I <laughs> thought that the reason I haven't done it since is that we had such a disastrous result the first couple of times. But I was... I was stoked, um, and, and I, honestly, and part of part of you know my excitement is not just that it's beer. I love the I love this manufacturing process. I, I'm a maker, and I I love watching the stages of production. And uh, the canning machine that you purchased for Red Tape is like this beautiful what's the word i'm looking for it's it's like a rube goldberg machine of nozzles and valves and all that stuff and you know watching it in action was just so exciting
0: so i think the reason that we haven't had you back is because our production assistant came back um so you helped us on the canning line in our very early days that's right When we were trying to figure out how to how to use it and Yeah. (laughs) And uh, when you were there, uh, you know, there was just so much that we didn't know. We didn't know about fill levels. We didn't know, um, you know, all these timings, and we just couldn't get it right. So I think one of the benefits when you were helping us out was that we had all of these low fills. Right. (laughs) And so we had cans that didn't have a lot of beer, so you you (laughs) took, you know, a case of beer home, even though they weren't full cans and um well they would get then- drunk
1: drank drunken drinking before yeah. <laughs> <Consumed, laughs> they get consumed
0: yeah uh so sean just jumped in the room welcome for- sean welcome Hello. sean Hello. very
1: exciting so we we started out with with the discussion about the the class and and being part of the class and 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 all of that and um, what i wanted to sort of come out of this is the focus initially was specifically bespoke brewing. So you 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 had done uh, Sean, it's good you're here, but you you and uh, you had done some some small keg work for um, weddings and and other events, okay. including your own wedding. And you and um, what what led you to say uh, both you and Sarah Beth can answer and be part of this. But what led you to say like I'm gonna go from making a couple of small kegs over the summer maybe to i'm gonna make a full-on brewery insanity (laughs) (laughs) the insanity part comes later like that Uh, i think it's a very same i think it's a very sane decision i think it's
2: we've a lot of times we do things and we think it's a great idea and we think it's like oh this is this seems like it's something if we could purchase it we would purchase it but we can't purchase it so we'll we'll just kind of you're a maker you're like yeah let's just i'm gonna make it myself so the Mm -hmm. thing oh we want beer for like our our custom house party oh we want beer for our like the announcement the announcement message for our 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 son Mm -hmm. we want all these things it's like well these things don't exist as or not on the scale that we'd want them to so it's well let's let's kind of take that opportunity and figure out if we can make make a business out of that or use that as the basis for a business model
1: but is that a predisposition based on the fact that you're already brewing beer right like as a hobby you you went from sort of hobbyist brewer to bespoke brewer for your events to
2: yeah i think that's that's kind of it's the evolution kind of thing of like your hobbies and if you can like it it is a passion I love doing it and if I can if I can spend like my entire days or we can build a family business out of it and build a something that's like passed on like if it ends up being generational and pass it on to the boys and stuff like that that's that's a really great thing and again that's one of the things too it's like seeing the boys uh, having two sons and stuff like that you could work for someone for your entire life and do that or you can kind of give them the model that like we've talked about this before giving them the model of like this is like you can you can be entrepreneurial you can be yeah. you can like take risks and like try like don't mm-hmm. don't punch a clock nine to five forever just because you have to like, because it's safe right like then the, there's like like we're seeing now too like there's there's the presumption of safety in like we during a pandemic like there's you can't really bank on everything being safe so it's like really like take your risks like and, and try and like mm-hmm. this is something we, like we both really like enjoy it and like the, uh, in the once we start sleeping again I think we'll enj- enjoy <laughs> it more but
1: well Sarah Sarah Beth w- would you say of the two of you my, my impression has always been that you're the more you're more of a hustler like you you have always had uh, like a bunch of irons in the fire. Like you, whenever you talk about I'm part of this community action program, I'm part of this, I'm part of a greater community as a whole. I'm on the board of whatever. Re- oh, Hey, I wrote a book. Oh, Hey, I'm opening a you know, like it just, you always seem to be doing a, a, a ton of stuff and it like, is that, do you feel that part of the push to open the brewery was you seeing that opportunity and, and, and embracing it? as as someone who is very entrepreneurial do you do you see that in yourself and that's where the drive to create this other thing turned into
0: so i think you know definitely um the beginning part the beginning of my career i spent as a as a consultant i was a project management consultant and um worked on contract and it was only when i moved to toronto for love i moved here because uh Sean lived here. Um, And so I I did a couple of years in, you know, a full-time job and it didn't work for me. Uh, (laughs) And I was a contract with the provincial government when I gave birth to Ray and I had been competing for my job um, and I didn't get it. And I just found that really frustrating. Competing
2: for a job while you're nine months pregnant.
0: And going in, (laughs) yeah, you know, competing for it and then being called in for an interview three months Three months after giving, or sorry, three weeks after giving birth, you know, I'm still wearing an adult diaper because I'm bleeding um, and I didn't get it. So, you know, it's like, what are we going to do from here? Do I want to spend the rest of my days working for someone else and, you know, being told that no, that's not how we're doing it? and just getting frustrated. I remember one of my directors saying, We're not here to boil the ocean. And I said, Maybe you're not. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so then when Ray, salted. Yeah, it's just, it's just little... <laughs> Sean at that point had been homebrewing for about seven years. And right. when Ray was about a year old, we came across a few dollars. And so we started looking at houses. And you know, in Toronto. It it cost it cost more than a few dollars to buy a house. Mm. And everything we were looking at was going way over and we're like, well, we have we have a little bit of money. How about we open a brewery and maybe we'll be maybe one day if we put this money into something we believe in, because I believed in Sean's really good beer. And we we're like, maybe one day we'll be able to buy a house.
2: <laughs> it's also again coming into the money was like it wasn't house money and it wasn't boat money, but it was yeah, like yeah. It was nice car money. And it's like, do you buy a nice car and get in fights over people? Like, yeah, yeah. Like well, that? I mean, doesn't
1: it, doesn't it, it starts to really inform your decisions when you say, like, I, we're, we're going to start a business. <laughs> it starts to inform your decisions as to what you are going to do with money. Because it starts to be like, well, until the business pays off, all our money is is going into that business.
2: Yeah. That's right? Like, are you, like, never mind college funds. Or yes college funds are still getting funded but like never mind like all these other like we're not well, we're not going on vacation now kind of out, yeah. of, out of a couple of reasons one, well yeah the money yeah. goes towards the brewery and second you can't go anywhere so it's like yeah it time all the time goes towards the brewery and like it's the boys work family
1: well and it's interesting but but do you feel that there's <laughs> the silver lining of of starting the brewery in the pandemic that Although there's a lot of gray cloud involved, the silver lining is that it, it shrunk your world enough that you could focus very, very fully on what needed to be done with the brewery. Versus if you were say, Sean, you were still going in day to day mm-hmm. to to an office, and Sarah Beth, you had all these other concerns, which you still do have all these other concerns. I should I should say that first. But it, your world shrank. Everybody's world shrank so much that the focus could be i'm going to focus on we're we're going to focus more fully on the brewery like all the the stumbling blocks at the beginning of the pandemic that you know forced a lot of delays do you do you you feel that maybe there was some kind of advantage to that kind of focus being there
0: i don't know in terms of time so um i think Going back, you had asked if you you thought that I'm more the hustler, and I am. So I'm the one who <laughs> wrote the business plan and built the brewery. And Sean described it as I built the brewery and Sean makes the beer, which is is how we do it. Um, so partners, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And also
2: like the like the application of how we do things. Like you you go breath first kind of thing. Like you're like she's much better at like, juggling a bunch of different things and like having like, the hustle. And I'm right. The leave me alone, I'm gonna drill down this one thing.
1: Yeah. And so knowing where to look too, right? Like the advantage of fundraising and yeah. and things like that, Sarah Bath, that's historically part of what you did, right? Like knowing where to look for money is is also super key when you're when you're an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Um I think that's, that comes back to red tape. A lot of people ask about the name red tape. Is it because of your government background? And it's not, it's because Sean uses red electrical tape to label everything, that's where the name comes from. It just so happens that my experience working in government and working with different organizations and kind of understanding how to work with three different levels of government to open a business in a highly regulated industry is really helpful. Yeah. Um, So back to the COVID question, you know, we were under construction when COVID hit, and we had a one-month-old. Jackson was born February 9th, and everything was shut down March sixteenth. If I remember, seventeenth. Yeah. Um, so he was a month old. We were in the middle of construction, and we had to close everything. So we did. We did find a a, um, a light in the in the gray clouds at that point because of the shutdown, which was really beneficial for us overall. Um, Our original plan was to be open a lot sooner than we were because Sean had taken pat leave. Um, That's right. You know, after our first son was born, my focus was on building the brewery. And so I wasn't eligible for maternity or paternity leave with the birth of Jackson. So the plan was for Sean to take pat leave. And we were going to use that time for him to figure out the brewing of the beer while he was at home so because of the delays that didn't happen and sean went back to work august 8th august 10th 10th, and he brewed the first batch of beer on november 13th right
2: (laughs) several several weeks of delays
1: yeah and uh, you know this is going to sound like an aside and it, it is a little bit of an aside but but sean what was the effect of being able to I say being able to, but let me think of if this is the right way to say, it. but being able to brew at scale versus, you know, what I like it, it doesn't not everything scales.
2: Yeah. Linearly. yeah. Right. No, it's true. And that's, um, one of the reasons of the sort of the size of the system that we chose and the style of system that we chose is I can, it, it's volume wise. It's about 10 times what I was doing before. Yeah. So, 10 times, it's like, okay. And there's certain things that scale linearly. um, uh, Your
1: liquid, the
2: the water, the water and like the grains, like those pretty much, your extraction is going to be slightly more efficient at a bigger scale and stuff like that. Once you're getting into the stuff that's designed, Uh, yeast, pretty much the same. Uh, Hops are significantly better utilized on scale. Right. You end up having to use less, but it's also, like the idea of moving, like the actual physical movement of things. Yeah. Before like, you're moving five gallons, ten gallons, you can kind of muscle that around. Ten gallons is getting to the uh, extent of where you want to be, like lifting up, like 70, 70 pounds or something like that. Or, or, right. or kilos. But then once you're doing like, 550 liters, 500 liters, you can't just like muscle it. And you have to like use the pumps, and you have to take time, and like how long will water take to get it up so that was that was definitely a learning curve. There was a couple of uh, like dry runs where you have to are like just testing timing like let's figure out how this goes yeah but, but we kind of built that in to know that this was sort of the simplest the simplest uh, evolution to going to a, a pro scale from an amateur scale because of that mm-hmm. kind of scaling size.
1: Uh from the start of the design, it's funny, I like one of the one of the greatest parts of knowing the two of you is, is having sort of had a backdoor view of of what you've been doing and, and and seeing designs early was was one of the most gratifying parts. I loved, like I said, I love spaces, I love I love design. I love the I love architecture stuff. so it was super cool to see the work you, you your, your architecture firm, that you'd uh, engage to do the work, what they designed initially, how far off from those initial designs um, is the final product?
0: So Hello Architecture is the firm that we hired and uh dylan and Jofi happen to live on the same street as us <laughs>
1: yeah I, i'm trying
0: to be le- less like hey the
1: neighbors you know <laughs> <laughs> like, really so great, the though. architecture firm but they are an architecture firm you
0: they know they are they're, an architecture they're, yeah. firm uh i yeah. just want to give them a shout out because no 100 percent. no yeah, no we, we, they've we just we, done it, we, such a great job we have the show
1: notes page oh. when, when the thing goes live so we'll definitely have links and stuff
0: so but they from the initial design to the final product, there were a few little tweaks around measurements and um, things like that, but it's pretty spot on.
2: Yeah, measurements from the top of the wall versus the bottom of the wall. It's like, oh, this is right. a mobile, not straight.
1: Yeah, is there a square, is there a 90-degree angle <laughs> oh. anywhere?
2: Uh, oh, really?
0: That's, yeah. I mean, they helped us transform a space that's less than 1,000 square feet into a production brewery. Where we can ferment four batches of beer, so how many liters would that be? It's
2: like two thousand, yeah, like two thousand liters fermenting, and then we can be packaging another thousand liters and be still brewing and preparing, and then we have the storage yeah. plate downstairs for another like however many thousand cans that we want to keep down there in the yeah. walk yeah. fridge, and three bathrooms, and
0: we have an accessible washroom. So in less than a thousand square feet, we have a tap room that. Can fit thirty-two people, um, non-COVID times. Eventually, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: And we have our bar, and we still have space where we're brewing beer and packaging beer. Like the the design is really phenomenal. Um, and they- it's
1: very it's very efficient. Like having been in there, the the efficiency involved is is fantastic. So I'm they, sorry to have interrupted that. My my, my oh, fault there. No,
2: oh, no, and like the, the the finish. I think that's one of the things too. Like the I guess curb appeal, like literally the curb appeal once you walk it's in. It's so you know, pretty. Yeah, and that's- It's so like, pretty. Oh, wow, this is this is actually really good. And sort of, it's interesting because that ends up being a talking point either way to yeah. people who know about the bespoke side of it and want, realize that we have a tap room versus people coming in from the tap room and realizing that we have uh, the bespoke aspect. Like I started, I started describing it to a customer the other day. And he came in. He's like, "Wow, this looks great. It's like that. The finishes are fantastic." It's like, "Yeah, well, we do bespoke beers." And if if you equate this to, you're trying out caters for your uh, wedding yeah. or wedding dress shopping. And he, he was kind of amazed. He's like, "Why'd you go to uh, wedding dress shopping right off the bat?" He's like, "Well, it, because it's in the business plan. Like that's yeah. We want, we want that level of refinement, and we, we're working. This is part of a special occasion. This is part of a, part of a special day. This is part of a special." event or however and that that process is special and we don't want it to be kind of the space that you're doing it in we don't want it to be kind of forgotten about yeah and
1: you i mean you have a you have a regular rotating list right of of you know several different not only just several beers but several different types of beers so that if someone were to say you know just give me the sampler and i'll come i'll go home and my partner and i will look at it and for this event this is what we like, this taste with this and this, and that gives you that uh, bird's eye view of, of, of their tastes, right? Like that's what, that's the whole point of the bespoke brewing.
0: Yeah. We wanted to create something a little bit different. So yes, we are a craft brewery, um, but we wanted to create this elevated space with beautiful finishes where people can come in and, um enjoy beer but at the same time if we have our bespoke clients that are coming in then it's part of the experience so yeah. they can cut sit down try the beers maybe do food pairing this was all planned before we we could only do meetings over zoom but yeah.
2: also, <laughs> that, that kind of brings in again the the finish and that those meetings and the bespoke stuff also brings in kind of the idea of why we chose the size of system that we did too because well, I guess who knows what the numbers are going to look like afterwards, but typical wedding, like maybe it's, maybe it's a 50 people, maybe it's a hundred people, maybe it's 200 people, whatever,
0: 400,
2: 400 whatever, but, but you're getting into the, like, the numbers of like, you're not making like 3000 cans of beer for a wedding. Yeah. So, or however many kegs. So it's having that level of refinement and, like we had originally like i think the whiteboard that we had for sizing things was significantly smaller one
0: barrel brew house
2: well it depends if we're like just doing it for as kind only of only one off yeah if, stuff, we're, if, right? if that was if that was only the only aspect of it then we were going to do it like that but then like sarah beth going through all the ordeal of getting our like licenses to produce you realize how much value there is in that like Inherently, just the value of having like Sarah Beth talked to like at the brewers conference uh, last, last year or 2019. Yeah. 2019, Sarah Beth talking about the going through the business plan and the red tape of that. Yeah. But then like all these other brewers being, oh, wow, you can, if you can like manage that and help people, like, to, like that's a whole uh, cottage community of its own is helping people to create their own alcohol licenses or like go through that process.
1: Right. And what is so in, in terms of helping people like uh, having been having been relatively busy during those seasons in which people are doing those sort of weddings and things like that I mean you were knocking off a number every summer right like you were uh, Sean sorry you 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 were doing a number of brews through the year but mostly in the summer is that right would that be accurate before oh, all this 400? started yeah nice. the homebrewing stuff for bespoke you know for weddings and whatnot had you done you i know you'd said you'd done some for business um parties and things like that. Like,
2: <laughs> like, right it like, was like literally <laughs> my office i started like and again like, that was sort of um learning the chops of it too of having that scale of different palettes and stuff like that and figuring out what works for different people and what doesn't work for people but yeah there's definitely like ebb and flows of, Well, there's definitely times when you want different beers for different people right well
1: yeah. what's the so here's the here's really what the question is the the perspective change for you specifically sean um going from s- sort of that hobbyist mentality of like i'm going to brew when i have time to brew to I got a brew because I got a brew like that. Yeah. Like that's a very that's a very different mindset for someone. Uh, have you fully embraced that?
2: Yeah, that's and that's. I guess that becomes the. You become less of a brewer and more of a project manager because in that way, like you're building out dependencies and Gantt charts in your head of like, well, if this is when this happens, this has to happen, and this, and so you. Rather than it being sort of, like like, just, it, it shows up when it shows up and it's ready when it's ready. It's, you've got yeah. a date. You've got an event. And yeah. So that, like, you got so a
1: canning date, right? Like, you, you have a work back schedule for every brew mm-hmm. where it's like, this is the canning date, and this is when we have to start doing it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a challenge in, you know, being a partnership in life and in business is, is learning how to have those conversations between us
1: mm-hmm.
0: to be like, you need to brew this number of batches of beer every month in order for us to be able to pay rent and pay our staff and do all of this on top yeah. of bespoke beers because we're in a pandemic and we can't open our tap room and a hundred percent of our product needs to go into cans. Yeah. So the challenge, I think the biggest challenge is, you know, we had this business plan that had the margins, based on pre-covid and right. then like walk-ins and things right and on top of that we open during a lockdown so how do we get beer into people's hands because there are a lot of people who are i mean everyone especially in toronto is really staying at home so okay <laughs> we need to offer delivery and curbside pickup and are luckily as an um, as a seller of alcohol we were considered essential so we could stay open during limited hours which was great but you know sean and i communicating and anyone who has been in any sort of relationship knows that communication can be challenging sometimes and you know having those conversations of you need to do this is really interesting but i think we're we're getting there
2: yeah it's also (laughs) it's also well with the like like Sarah Beth was describing what our typical weekend is like now. And it's the, the, like having the, the boys are in daycare right now, but having like that ships passing in the night kind of thing of, yeah, okay, I'm going to the brewery now. I'm going to the brewery now to prep for the batch for tomorrow. And you're going to, I'll come back. And then you'll go to the brewery to prepare for canning in the morning. And then I'll come back and this and that, and we'll sort of some food and make sure the, the boys are like, cleaned and fed and like, sounds like they're livestock
1: right there. <laughs> well, they, they, yeah, children are. I mean, with, with all due respect to parents, they're like our, our, our delicate little angels. They're cattle that need to be fed and cleaned. It's just the way it is.
0: I mean, probably Sean dropped them off at school, I think. I don't even remember. That's right. Get- and then I <laughs> the brewery set up for canning, canned. Then he picked them up from school and we met at the brewery. And so by then we had I had cleaned up and Sean started brewing Friday night. And
2: so we got home around two. So it was like a rider change, right? Like so I show up at the brewery, get out of the car, go in. She finishes up, gets in the car, drives home with the boys still in the car. It's like brewing
0: supper, gets them to bed. And our children don't like
2: sleep. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i know i know that, that, that
0: i know that feeling PC'd on sunday or yeah, so then
2: like i had to get home at like 1 30 kind of thing and then uh saturday was you had did you have to go uh, with those we
0: me and the boys did deliveries and then uh sean cleaned up then i went to the brewery to set up for canning so Bose and i started canning sunday morning at eight and then we <laughs> finished around uh, one, I did some labeling. Then Sean came in at two to brew while I took the boys to the beach to get them some fresh air and sunshine. Wow! And uh, yeah, that's just it's how we are right now. We we took family day off. We were really excited to have one day off Great. together, and we went ice skating. And that was the only day that we've taken off since November. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean you do what you got to do, right? Like this is all <laughs> as as the day to day goes with with being in a. It's, it's funny, but like this is part of the conversation is with being in a pandemic. I mean, who knows where we are, but that you need to maintain to you know, as you said, keep the lights on pay the rent, you know, make sure you can b- buy the supplies you need to buy that you're selling enough product to be able to do it. Um, are you looking forward to the time when subsidies
2: subsidization
1: through another person's salary isn't needed like sean are you kind of hoping yeah. to not stay
2: you uh, know i should say no comments about listen that, i'll except, just
1: blank out the whole bit me asking that question uh, but there's no way right
2: i mean come on it's like it's just like that, that opportunity cost on the weekends of like if this like we've got daycare during the week like that's an eight-hour continuous window where we can like
1: it's super important. It's super important. And so uh, the funny part of one of the it, I want to say funny, but it's, it's, it's adorable is the, the the fact that you named your first beer that was easy. And it, it it's one of the it's one of those things that's kind of endearing. <laughs> yeah, look what we did. No big deal. You know, but it, you're like, Oh, my God, I cannot believe. And on top of that, like, that was easy. I'm like, I I helped. We had talked about this, that I'd helped can, but it was before you had the whole thing dialed in. And it was like the the loss on the beer was like, Oh my God, what is messing? I remember sitting with you on the way back to the house, our houses and you going, we can't do this. If this is what we're getting right. Right. Like it was, I remember feeling so bad. I felt so bad. I thought, what did I, is it, am I I a jinx? You know, like we had, done two oh. two rounds of canning and then you dialed it in and you just said this is how we fixed it and I was like oh my god so like all of a sudden like that particular aspect that was such a problem was no longer a problem and that's part of the learning right steep learning
0: curve and that was easy you know it's like that was really hard not easy at all
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just you, always like, oh, you just do that like, just now. yeah Sorry.
0: It actually took us months to dial in that canning line. Uh, and it's only the last three weeks where we've got our loss down to a minuscule amount. And, you know, unfortunately for our staff, that means fewer low fills or fewer littlest that we can enjoy. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> but How it wasn't a- just
2: drop the cans intentionally and they're like, whoops. Oh, oh it's, it's
1: dented. dented. <laughs> oh well, now yeah. I need to keep it.
0: But you were definitely there with us in the early days. And, mm-hmm. you know, our production assistant had been sick. And in COVID times, when you have a cold, you know, you everything to, shuts down. Yeah. Everything shuts down. So um, that's that was a tough time for sure. And that was at the peak of our lack of sleep. When right. <laughs> says, between the two of us in December, we slept uh, 30 hours.
2: Yeah. It was just, that's brutal. Luckily I was able to kind of burn through some vacation time for the other job, but still it was like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, do you feel you've, you've, you've gotten your feet under you in terms of production and canning and all, you know, from start to finish? I mean, deliveries are probably still a kind of a big question mark in terms of like getting deliveries sorted out, but do you, do you feel better about this? It's been been six months, right?
0: I feel better about the product that we're getting into cans. Like I've always loved the product and the product has been great. I didn't have a lot of confidence in our canning in the beginning. And you know why? firsthand. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Because it's a Rube Goldberg machine with a bunch of <laughs> valves and hoses. It's scary as shit. Like it's a super scary machine. Like, yeah, I, any part of it goes wrong. It all goes wrong. So yeah. Sorry. I <laughs> totally jumped okay, in. Okay, it's terrifying. <laughs>
2: what <laughs> I remember, like my my mom always joked about uh, when I was a kid. There was, I think it was on, uh, was Mister Dressup. No, it was uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. There's like a potato scrubber dumper thing, and it's like a totally a r- root goggler machine where it's like all the things fly on a lot of these different things. And I was amazed by it. I was just, like, oh wow, that's a like, great look at look at all the things. Look at all the new hickeys. Or so we had like one yeah of those uh, ball bearing clocks. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Right, like, the whole thing and like this basically this whole crazy crazy sound at midnight or at noon, which is exactly I, what from a clock. But just seeing that, <laughs> like seeing the line like, oh yeah, that's, that's totally what that is. It's like, yeah,
1: nothing terrifying with a bunch of solenoids and linear actuators and valves and switches and gas lines. And it is a, that must've been, that must be one of the more difficult decisions to, to accept. Right. Because that's a, not an inexpensive, device oh no. but a necessary device right car, like
2: it's it's like again like talking about like units of measurement it's a it is buying a car yeah yeah but, but, but I mean, it's a but it becomes a the thing car, that,
1: that yeah. as long as you know the basic steps you can do it right so it, it,
0: yeah. it it's it, it can be a one-person job but it can, it'll be a slow one-person three job three times as long mm-hmm. to do it on your own mm-hmm um they sell it to you is you can operate it as one person. I think you'd have to put on a whole bunch of add-ons because um, yeah. part of the steep learning curve is the quality control, making sure that we have the correct amount of beer in each can mm-hmm. that someone opening up a can of beer and being like, why do I only have half a can? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated those half cans. <laughs> I
1: had no problem with those
0: and I you was know, just like observing and one of the challenges that we had was with our lid chute and it was only three weeks ago that we learned that it had been in it had been installed incorrectly right oh my god
2: that's so the, funny uh, the gaskets or not the gasket the uh the washer was on the wrong side of the plexiglass <laughs> so that <laughs> what really that no, was supposed to be on the outside not on the inside
0: oh, boy, oh boy so these four washers that are what a millimeter thick made a huge right. difference it was
1: life-changing all I of a sudden the can, shoots working be fine right
2: yeah yeah it's yeah it's just all these crazy little one thing here one thing there and that, and th- i think canning's is, packaging is one of those things that's always the the uh unspoken kind of like oh what's what is this like that's th- there's always the the difficulty like like the brewing of the beers so like that's you got into this because you can brew beer you got into this because you can make recipes. You got into this because you wanted to talk about people's events. You didn't yeah. get in because you wanted to talk about packaging or packaging. the amount of dissolved oxygen in your solution for this. Or
1: Labeling this. and yeah. turning a, turning a, a handle. Um, so I, we're, we're tying this off in a, in a, in a little bit. I, I just wanted to, I want to talk a little bit about the community, the beer making community that there's a lot of brewers in Toronto and the immediate area, um, and you uh, both have been really actively involved in at least visiting a lot of breweries right. in Toronto. <laughs>
2: Consuming a lot of beer. Yes.
1: Consuming a lot of beer. I mean, that's the you know that's the yeah, no, it's the gentler way. It's the less diplomatic way of saying it. But you you have partaken and you've visited a lot of breweries and seen their product and tried their product. Um, we're. It, and and created friendships out of that, right? Like you you knew the people that ran these breweries. Uh, have they been welcoming of a of a new upstart brewer brewery start? You know, have have the people you met and known are they are they cool with with what's going on? Is it is it a super competitive industry in Toronto, or are they Everyone's friendly?
0: everyone been so welcoming. I I think one of the greatest things about this industry is the people. Like. Mm-hmm. I think craft beer is one of those things where the beauty of craft beer is there's always new things coming out and it's, the, it's a really great example of perfect competition and so right. more competition out there. It's like, oh, everyone's creating this really great product and there are so many changes. You see seasonal changes in breweries and everyone is taking a different approach. We're the only one that's doing the bespoke approach. We don't have a restaurant. Um, we're all so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> no, <And> you're big. <laughs> big. <laughs> I really love so many people call us the new kid on the block. And I love it yeah. when call us the new kid on the block. It, I find it so endearing. And we've had great conversations with brewers that we didn't know before. Right. You know, um, breweries have been so supportive in answering questions that we had. Yeah. Uh, Mark and Mandy from Left Fields were so helpful. And um, Beyond the Pale mm-hmm. in Ottawa, Aveling, you know, just getting some input from their brewer. Mm-hmm. I just met their owner and just getting these different perspectives. It's a really great industry and there's so much to learn.
2: And, the guys from New York and stuff like that, they're yeah. super, like, super helpful. Is it, and like, the Bose guys, it's like, I grew up with the Bose guys. It's one of these things where, so much pressure
0: like do we name everyone who yeah, helped us? no <laughs> no
2: it's not an award show it's the whole rising tides float all boats kind of thing too i think yep. that having, oh, i've said that many times yeah having the having a more educated consumer like it, you you understand the different like nuances and you understand why people are doing this style or that style and stuff like that and I think also it ends up there is very much that community the neighborhood brewery the people like we're finding yeah. that like moving like we didn't really know the main and uh, gerard area before we went in there but we didn't know that there was a main street in toronto that's main street oh it's old main street oh now it's
1: well now see we learn something new every day <laughs> that but it's funny but even talk talking about that uh the location you ended up with serendipitously Has no other breweries right nearby like that that was like when when i walked to when you showed us the the space the first time i remember going wow this is really lucky like there's that one there's an there's a rink like right up this like right there having a rink right nearby is super handy there's um, barbecue place there's caribbean place you know there's all these places that could be very well served with having a brewery
0: it's almost uh, like a hustler Andy. wrote a business plan yeah. and thought about these. So things. weird, <laughs> so yeah. weird. Well, just because the first, the first one you showed, I remember
1: you showed me one that was more in Lee Side, uh, a space that was in Lee Side, and I thought that's no good. Like, you know, and, and it, it, just because there was so many other, there was like a lot of com- competition close mm-hmm. in Lee Side, you know. But man, there, and Gerard, a lot
0: to consider. we even looked at a place up at Lawrence. Lawrence and dvp Good lord, how long it's that
2: would take you to get there. Would every take day. It would have been yeah. like completely different uh like You'd move. Also You'd have to move.
0: So where we are now, there's it's really well communicated in terms of transit. Um and the closest brewery is two point three kilometers away. So, you know, that whole neighborhood, the Kingston Road kinda area, they didn't have a local brewery where they could yeah go and pick up a six pack or lcdo
2: or beer store or anything like that yeah, an yeah.
1: Opened up. yeah. and i mean what, what was amazing like those those couple of nights where i was canning with you were people peering in the windows and like knocking and, and going like are, can we buy beer now like they there are there are neighborhood people that desperately want to
0: partake and it's it's Probably, fantastic like, we need to get a sign what we yeah. still don't have is a sign saying our opening hours <laughs> useful information jeez if only had a printer
1: nearby that could just print a sign that could be taped in the wind i don't know yeah. talking well, about it's like, it, we, it,
2: like, we have regulars now and the, one of our regulars called us because he was taking taking the go from downtown and he's like i'm going to be getting off of this at the go at the danforth go station at like 556 can you stay open slightly past six so <laughs> they're like, yes yes, yes, yes
1: yeah. that's that's hilarious that's great um and you've opened up delivery to ottawa once in a while so that's very very cool yeah, my brothers started, both live in
0: ottawa we have been talking about doing regional delivery days because lots of breweries do regional delivery days and we're not in the lcbo so that's not a an avenue that we have the option of to get our beer to other municipalities so we did an ottawa delivery day last week it was yeah. a long but it was wonderful. And we knew everyone between Bose and I because Bose, our production assistant, is a a pilot mm-hmm. reporter. So we saw lots of his colleagues and lots of my friends and family. And my mom lives in Ottawa. And so she she advertised, and lots of her colleagues bought beer. <laughs> it, was, it was a great delivery day, and I think we'll make it a monthly thing.
1: Do you, and do you have a, a um, red tape truck or something now? Like, Do you have a red tape
0: uh, we, we vehicle? Got a, We got a van. So like we said, we have less than a thousand square feet. And what we found was an issue uh, was supplies, uh, primarily with cans. So we would order cans. And because of our space, we kind of planned a just-in-time solution. And then when you're working with a third-party shipper, sometimes the the supplies will arrive five days later than you anticipated. Right. is a huge issue when you're our size because that's an entire like it could throw off your beer being ready on a thursday to a tuesday yeah yeah so you're missing an entire weekend of sales so we got a van um that we can fit pallets of cans into so we always have (laughs) cans that are ready to go it's kind of like self-storage
2: basically like when we're doing the pricing for the van we're like oh it is like it's a mobile self-storage unit that we can also go and get supplies other supplies with whenever like there's space in it so it's like
0: yeah and it had been in the plan for weddings because we have this really amazing um pegboard that you can put cans into so uh if people want to have cans as favors at their wedding and they want to display it in a really beautiful way then we can fit that pegboard into the van because because it's quite large nice um so there are several reasons why we got this van um and we don't really use it for delivery so much for like, if we're having a big delivery day, then yes. But for the most part, we just
2: use our car. Delivery to Ottawa was like, it's a diesel, it's a diesel truck. So like, here we go. There's also a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah, There's a lot of so, several, several cases of beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I guess that the question that probably is what's asked you for all your interviews recently is, is just what's next? What's coming?
0: We have some exciting stuff coming. Um, we, we're releasing a stout for St. Patrick's Day. I'm not sure if this will air before St. Patrick's Day or not. Probably not. When's St. Patrick's Day? It's next. Next week? Next
1: no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, You're not out until like end of April, I don't think. No.
0: Um, we've got some fun releases coming out this year. Right now, or for the last couple of months, we've been working on a project um that we're calling the pride project okay uh so we're using our bespoke model and working with six individuals or couples who are lgbtq and we're creating six bespoke beers that will launch for pride because we want oh, to celebrate pride um and when we stack the six different beers they'll make a rainbow so oh, that's really exciting on. <laughs> that's so damn cute you know it's going to be really cute. And there's going to be some delicious beers in there.
1: As, as is fitting for, as opposed to terrible beers. We don't <laughs> sell terrible beers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're also working with the indigenous brew crew. Um, Mark Solomon, Eric Solis, and Eric Segan. I can't remember. Segan and Solis. I can't remember which one is an Eric. Maybe they're both Eric's. Maybe that's why I get confused. Maybe this is just rambling that you can cut out. <laughs>
1: Maybe, Possibly. No, I will not cut any of that out. <laughs> this
2: is the gold. Is the gold. <laughs> so
0: it's we're like participating college in, radio. In indigenous brew day on March 28th. Uh, so it's called the red beer project. And okay. so it's, the purpose is two parts. One is to raise awareness for missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the 46 calls to action that came out from the inquiry in June 2019, and there's a national action plan happening right now uh, for indigenous or missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, but also to raise money for charities that support indigenous women and girls. Right. Um, so I believe there's over 40 breweries that are participating in this particular Brew Day. Everyone's going to brew a red beer. So we're going to do an amber ale with uh, King Cole tea. So King Cole is an orange pico tea um, from Saint John, New Brunswick. And I grew up between New Brunswick and Nunavut, and my mom would uh, send a box of King Cole tea to my grandfather in Nunavut, and six months later would come back. Of miku, which is dried caribou, my all-time favorite food, which is really wonderful, um, and we are going to donate to a women's shelter in Bathurst, New Brunswick, because I felt like we're we're brewing with these ingredients from New Brunswick. Let's give back to uh, um, something that benefits women in New Brunswick. So. Uh, There are a couple of reserves in that area and they have specific outreach programs for Indigenous women. And, you know, there's been a a great increase of violence against women due to like during COVID times. Yeah. Um, And I, I just felt like the pool of resources that shelters in New Brunswick had access to is a lot smaller than that. What we have here in Toronto, Um, so yeah, that's who we're going back to. So every brewery is going to brew red beer, and they're going to donate to a a charity of their choice that supports Indigenous women.
1: That's amazing. I sort of do wish this episode was coming out earlier, so (laughs) so that those things could be announced. But schedules, being what they are, I'm afraid it's that's not. I think you're looking at May.
0: Um, cool right there, I don't know if we'll rebrew. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, that's that's great. I think I think it's important to to note, like being being capable and being willing are they're two different things, right? Like there are a lot a lot of people who are capable of helping, you know, under underserved communities, but there aren't as many people who are capable as there are people who are willing. So. I think it's uh, or the opposite way. there are more people who are capable than there are willing people. so I think it's great if you are capable and willing and 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 do and I think it's I think it's that's just a fantastic testimony to to you know the empathy and and compassion that that you that you have
0: people
1: who can boil the ocean and will boil the ocean Goddamn! no see i i think that, i don't <laughs> know if boiling the ocean is a good analogy i think that's a bad <laughs> analogy considering where we're at boiling the ocean probably isn't a good thing can we count sands on the beach maybe sand- grains of sand i don't know it feels like a boiling the ocean sounds like a horribly
0: destructive thing isn't like grains of sand like something from a soap opera
2: we are in dust, dust in uh,
1: Like like sands through the hourglass, yeah. so are the days of our yeah. lives.
2: Close from Bill my and Ted's
1: Adventure, too. favorite uh, favorite. Soap opera when I was a teenager. Dust in I the say wind.
2: Say what? I said it's from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure too. All we are is dust. Dust in the, in the,
1: the wind. <laughs> um, that <laughs> may be it. <laughs> 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 Uh, normally I would, I would, I would say, do you have any advice, but I I, I can't imagine anybody doing what you're doing. It it feels like a very unique thing. Have you run into Like we are, we are coming to an end here, but, um, have you run into anybody else sort of run doing what you are doing at this time? Not necessarily brewing, but has anybody reached out to you going like, oh my God, we totally started a business too. And it is. I totally feel for you, you know, like, have you been running into that as entrepreneurs?
0: We uh, met Jeremy and um, Brandon from Flux Brewing. So Flux Brewing is out out in Scotland, Ontario. And Ren Navarro, who's from Beer Diversity, interviewed us uh, for The Growler, which is like a, a brewing magazine um so flux also opened during the pandemic and it's been really great to have conversations with them they're a different market they have a lot of outdoor space so they were right. able to come last summer
2: and they were able to do like, the, the bookings and stuff like that it's so, like socially distanced because uh, i guess they were in whatever color it is red orange <laughs> oh, oh, or, oh
1: okay right sure red?
2: So like they're allowed to have a certain number of people like socially distanced at tables for a certain amount of time, that stuff. But it's, it was really good like to be able to talk with them about just what they're doing and how they've kind of opened up or had to or problems they've had. Also like mm-hmm. I think it was Jeremy's birthday is the day before mine, so it's kind of like this weird like, oh, is it everyone who's born at the end of February just has <laughs> like silly things of, 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 like starting up uh, businesses during pandemics? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows?
1: Well, you know the uh, you can't you can't deny the the result. Uh, you, you you make a fantastic beer, and you've had a great plan that I feel worked out. It's been nice. I can't wait for in person sitting down in that amazing space and having a pint and going nice. This is great. You know, <laughs> it'll be really cool when we get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Open up a garage door, have some sun. Oh, have-
1: open up that big garage door! Oh, yeah. no, I'm just gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep being super nostalgic. Uh, Sean and Sarah Beth, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. This is Thanks
0: fantastic. It's great to see your face over Zoom.
1: <laughs> we could literally step out the door and wave across the street, but
2: this was this was how we ended up doing it. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content in this episode is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Questions or comments can be emailed to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Not Of. Find Not Of at notof.bandcamp.com. Opening and closing voiceover provided by jeffwright.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, a like in whatever platform you use goes a long way to helping the podcast get noticed. Thanks for listening and keep creating.